Hey, this is Freitech Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk primarily about two cameras and two major announcements from two companies. One is Canon. They announced two cameras, R5 and R6, but primarily today we're going to be focusing on R5 because it's more of an episode about video capabilities of cameras. And another announcement was from Blackmagic Design, who announced their new Ursa Mini Pro 12K camera. So I guess let's start first with underwhelming. Underwhelming and more on a negative side kind of news about, let's talk about Canon R5. So just from a spec sheet, obviously that camera looks kind of cool. They announced that it can shoot in this like small mirrorless body. It can shoot 8K video and people went a little bit crazy, which is understandably so because 8K video in a little small body that's pretty impressive. That's actually really impressive, at least from the third glance. Um, once people started to dig deeper, it turned out that it's not an 8K camera in a sense that it has really, really bad limitations uh, and bad problems with heat, heat dissipation. And Canon was quite upfront about it. Um, they kind of didn't really hide it because they released their like um, EOS R5 like kind of manual, kind of brochure, where they lay down recording frame rates, recording uh, resolutions, and approximate time of shooting. So turned out that for 8K, 30 frames per second, with full frame sensor, you can only shoot about 20 minutes, and this is at 23 degrees Celsius. So 20 minutes in both uh, raw video and um, just standard HD64. It's just 20 minutes. And what is worse is that recovery time is either 10 minutes or 20 minutes for raw video. So you shoot 20 minutes of raw video, you need to wait another 20 minutes to actually start recording after that. Big no-no, I guess, uh, if you actually thought that you're going to use that camera for, I don't know, like some some actual real-world production. If, you, if you've thought that maybe you can buy this like $4,000 camera, uh, to use it, I don't know, maybe like maybe like for YouTube videos, maybe even for small production videos, maybe, you know, like some small commercials, if you're like solo run and gun kind of filmmaker, maybe you, you thought that, okay, I can, you know, shoot an 8K, maybe I can crop in, maybe I can stabilize better, maybe I can deliver even like, you know, in very crisp uh, 4K and whatnot, and maybe you needed a smaller camera, who knows. Um... That basically, that limitation, you can shoot 20 minutes and then you need to wait 20 minutes. That just eliminates this camera from the professional market because I do not know what Canon is thinking, but professionals will, especially if it's like a little higher budget, like, you know, not like Hollywood level, not like even like super like expensive, like, I don't know, Nike commercials or whatnot. Um, but if it's like above YouTube kind of level, just slightly above YouTube kind of level, where you would expect 4K camera, 4K thousand dollar in a sense, camera to kind of thrive. Well, it's not going to thrive if you cannot use that feature. If you can, like your marketing, Canon is marketing this camera as an 8K camera. It's not 8K camera because you cannot record in 8K more than 20 minutes. Because if you need to wait another 20 minutes, that's just, that's just, that's just not going to happen. Nobody, you, you cannot have like three, five people, whatever, like your assistant, maybe, you know, some production, whatever, people on the set, on location, can't just wait for your damn camera to cool down. Like, what? Like, what is this even? 
this is this is nonsense and this is in raw you need to wait 20 minutes uh in raw and then and then you can record after this after those 20 minutes you can record only additional eight more minutes which is crazy you need to wait 20 minutes and then it's not like you can record another 20 no you can only record eight minutes and if you are recording in standard uh, h264 h265 formats uh you can wait just for 10 minutes after initial 20 minutes you need to wait 10 minutes for it to cool down but then you can only record three additional minutes so overall in a span of 33 minutes in half an hour you can only record 23 minutes of video and you need to wait 10 minutes and then i'm assuming you need to wait another 10 minutes to record another three minutes which is this is nonsense i don't understand how how canon can release this camera and how can canon engineers be sort of comfortable with creating this like this this atrocity I, I can't find another word. I'm trying to be kind of nice and polite and not use swear words. Uh, but it's pretty pretty hard to do when engineers in a company that cost billions of dollars come up with a solution for a camera to record for 20 minutes and then you need to wait another 20 minutes for that thing to cool down. What is this? Nobody asked Canon to do 8K. Nobody. Absolutely nobody asked for them to pursue that kind of thing. Everybody would be absolutely happy if they got IBIS, if they got Canon's great autofocus, if they got 4K60 full frame, no cropping, nothing like that. Maybe like 120, 180 frames in 1080p. Everybody would be absolutely happy with those kind of specs. Everybody would love that camera. Everybody would buy one. Everybody would praise Canon for finally turning the corner. Um, yeah, like steer away from their stupidity in the past and for finally acknowledging kind of enthusiast filmmaker, like run and gun, small filmmakers market. Everybody would love them. For some reason, they decided to pursue. 8k that they cannot pull off apparently and so now now people kinda i don't know some people still on especially like reviewers on youtube who are they claim they're not shields but they if they're not shields for the company then they that they are like incompetent people absolutely incompetent people who do not have any like real world production kind of um experience because again, you will not be sitting on set with a rigged camera that now needs to cool down for 20 minutes. And I've seen couple couple people, <laughs> let's say on, on Reddit, they said that they ordered two of them. <laughs> because when one is cooling down, you know, you can use another one. First of all, this is absolutely branded approach. Absolutely branded approach. So instead of not giving money to a company that clearly still doesn't care about consumers whatsoever you're going to give two times more money <laughs> i mean i mean i'm glad i don't have to deal with people like that in in the real life um and mind you like if you rig the camera if you put the lens mad box rails some monitor whatever right so what you're gonna do this twice <laughs> what 
Or are you gonna be just swapping bodies and like unscrewing everything and what? What is this? This is nonsense. Nonsensical approach and again, like nobody asked Canon for this. It would be cool if they, um, you know, come up with like a 6K sensor so you could deliver crisp like 4K videos. And let's say, yeah, maybe it could do like full sensor readout at 6K like 30, but 4K 60, maybe like with crop or something like that. Basically something that, that Panasonic S1H does. It's a 6K or 5.9K sensor at 30p and it can deliver 4K 60 in a crop format. Everybody loves that camera. The only bad thing about that camera is their damn stupid contrast detection out of focus. Whenever they uh, choose to release another camera, if they will finally put phase detect out of focus in their S1 cameras, well, S2 maybe at that point already, uh, it's gonna be just instant hit. Everybody will buy that camera, I can guarantee you, because Ibis and Panasonic's is amazing, um, the quality of the image is great, they're giving you a lot of tools, a lot of different formats and a lot of different options and whatnot and um it, that that's gonna be instant hit i don't know why they're still refusing to go into phase detect or um phase detect set of things i don't know why they don't do it back to back to the canon so nobody asked them about 8k they thought they will surprise us they surprised and they kind of um shit the bed shit the, their pants and um yeah What's even worse is that Canon EOS R5 is a still 4K30 camera, basically. Because even in 4K60 mode, it overheats. It overheats after half an hour, I think, or 35 minutes, if, it, if it's um, using full-frame sensor. If it uses uh, crop, it basically like scales 8K video into like 4K or 5K image, and uh, that thing will overheat after 25 minutes. In 4K 30, when I'm saying 4K 30, it means also 25 and 24p. Um, if you're using, there's two, there's two like modes, basically. They can scale down 8K image to the 4K image and kind of give you this high quality. 4K, as they call it, it still has limit heat limit 30 minutes the only the only thing the only two formats where canon r5 does not have limitations with its heat it is 4k 30 full sensor pixel skipping pixel binning whatever the algorithms they're using it's taking the 8k sensor it skips either lines it skips pixels whatever whatever it does and you're getting mediocre probably quality of 4K. This is not overheating. And another one is cropped one. 4K crop once again. So basically Canon in 2020 for $4,000 is giving you 4K 30. That is not limited by heat and can record actually for a prolonged period of time. Which is pixel skipping, pixel binning. And uh, 4K cropped. APS-C um, size crop. So they have not learned anything whatsoever in the past like 3-4 years whenever they released Canon EOS R. 
and um, yeah, it's it's pathetic. And in 4K60, for example, after that half an hour, you need to wait 10 more minutes to hit for heat to dissipate. And after that 10 minutes, you can only shoot another 10 minutes. <laughs> That's it. This is crazy. This is crazy how how Canon completely dropped the ball. Uh, basically, after releasing 5D Mark Mark II, after starting the the revolution, they have not produced any more compelling cameras, unfortunately, for video. Like for stills, they have decent cameras for stills. Panasonic created new lens mount, created new sensor and everything. In the meantime, full frame that is sensor. Sony has been doing great job with with uh, their lineup. Even Nikon created a couple cameras that are at least somewhat worth mentioning because now they have like support of raw video via like Atomos recorders and whatnot. There's plenty cameras on the market from like Kinfinity and now from um, from Zcam, for example. Everybody moved on. Everybody created something attractive, something new, something innovative. Only Canon continued to Deliberately, at this point, I'm pretty sure this is absolutely deliberate decision to cripple all of their um, mirrorless cameras, at least for video, that is. Cripple their uh, mirrorless smaller cameras so that they can sell you Canon, you know, C, cinema lineup cameras, C200, C300, 500. And so, like, I understand, I understand if people need, like, a camera... In a, in a body of a C200 because it has like great autofocus, 4K, whatnot. I can understand that. Like, okay, it's it's a pretty decent camera. And if you need autofocus, if you're like filming documentaries, um, Canon is is still like unparalleled and I think unmatched in that particular area. I can understand that, and that and that's great and that's good that they have at least at least some compelling cameras. Actually, to be honest, I'm actually a bit surprised that it, that they didn't screw up everything because apparently whoever is running canon right now they they don't understand what they're doing because again they could have been selling thousands and thousands of mirrorless cameras with the price of like four free case and uh, that a lot of enthusiasts would love and recommend to other people i would not ever recommend canon right now to anybody after a long period of waiting they coming up with something that can I shoot in the resolution that they boast and advertise it in 8K, but it cannot even do the proper job in 4K. Like, what's the point? What is the point? And what I don't understand is those people who still willing to buy the products of a company that clearly does not care about them. They clearly not willing to go into this market not willing to create a compelling product and not willing to give you the best the best camera for your money and so i guess that's kind of a great segue uh, to talk about the company that creates a camera that actually gives you everything you can wish for your money <laughs> this is obviously blackmagic ursa mini pro 12k when they just nonchalantly said oh yeah it's 12 camera 12k camera and especially when they use this in the presentation if you haven't seen it check it out when they start on like a cruise ship at like 4k resolution then go to 6k then to 8k and then just to 12k it's like wow like <laughs> they're just like 
They're just so chill about it. Oh yeah, well, yeah, well, 4K, we can do 6K too. And we decided that 8K, yeah, you can have an 8K too. And then like, do you know what we decided? We decided 8K is not enough. Let's go for 12K, why not? <laughs> this is just crazy. This is just crazy. I don't know what they're taking there in Australia, <laughs> but what they're doing, they're doing some crazy job. So, Arsa Mini Pro 12K, judging by the name, 12K. 12,288 by 6,480 pixels. Super 35 sensor. Crazy. With 14 stops of dynamic range. And we're gonna see if they actually have 14 stops of dynamic range or not. People will test it obviously when the camera is in the hands of reviewers. But for now, for now, Super 35 sensor, 12K, and get that. <laughs> which is this is just complete like nail in the coffin of red of canon with their bullshit overheating stuff 12k at 60 fps how about that this is crazy this is um i don't understand how they do this because that's ridiculous resolutions that's 80 megapixels in one frame one single frame at 60 frames per second this is just insanity and all of that for $10,000, 12K60. Like, what What else do you need? I mean, it's not a full-frame sensor, okay? This is one sort of a kind of a downside, I guess. Maybe not a downside, because obviously in the cinema world, for a very, very long time, uh, Super 35 was the, uh, was the format. And so a lot of, like, PL mount cinema lenses, they are... They have image circle, basically that covers Super 35, and this is exact market that uh, Blackmagic with this Ursa Mini Pro 12K is focusing on, like high-end production, high-end commercials, and those people use very expensive lenses, and a lot of those lenses were designed for Super 35 um, size of sensor. So I see why they did that, because by default camera comes with Cinema PL mount, but you could swap it to Canon's EF mount or Nikon's F mount which is great, which is amazing. It's not a camera for everybody, but this is a camera for 10,000. This is definitely, this is definitely Blackmagic is saying to Red, hey guys, let me show you how you do cameras. Let me show you how you deliver a compelling product with pretty much no limitations, with amazing raw codec that is super light on your system, with amazing accessories that doesn't cost you leg and, and kidney to buy. This is Blackmagic making a statement to RED. This is directly competing with RED cameras now, which is amazing because RED cameras been kind of, well, I mean, they're used obviously like in high-end productions and whatnot, but for the money, they're not that great cameras. They're not. I've already seen like uh, people like uh, Linus from Tech Tips, Linus Tech Tips uh, YouTube channel, they're filming on RED, which I don't know why we would do it in the first place, but they want to sell their RED cameras right now and, and go into Blackmagic, which I totally understand why. For like the, for the price of one RED camera, you can buy like two Blackmagic cameras, which is um, which is just insane. What's, what's even better is that this Blackmagic Orsa Mini Pro 12K is not only 12K camera, but this is a proper 8K camera and 4K camera too. It can do 8K DCI full sensor readout. It can do the same in 4K 
up to 110 frames per second in 8K, 110 frames per second, full sensor. Like this is crazy, 110 frames per second in 8K. I don't think any red camera can do that. In fact, I'm pretty sure none of red cameras can do it. The highest they can go is in 2.4 to 1 in the really wide aspect ratio. In 8K, they can go up to 75 uh, frames per second. Granted, their sensors are bigger and Blackmagic Super 35, which this is a little, this is a little misleading in a sense, not, not maybe misleading, but just a little kind of annoying that there is no like clear standard standard what is Super 35 because Super 35 Blackmagic calls their sensor Super 35, but it's 27 by 14 millimeters and reds is like 30 by 16 almost. So it's, there's no clear distinction what is Super 35, not like not unlike the full frame, where it's like, yeah, it's 36 millimeters by whatever it was. Um, so this is, yeah, so, so basically like Blackmagic Super 35 is actually a bit smaller than like Red's Super 35 sensors. But in any case, it does 8K better than Red. It does 12K that Red does not do. It does better... Um, 4k too well okay red can do at 4k apparently they can do 120 frames per second which is similar to uh similar to black magic's 110 but black magic if you're like crop into the sensor it can do 220 which red cannot do and I'm, from what i remember red does crop into sensor so i'm not sure i'm not sure when when you're using like smaller formats i'm pretty sure red crops in, into sensor they're not like downscale it so i'm not sure like uh, what does it mean 4k at 120 with red sensors does it mean that it can scale it down or does it mean that it just crops in in, in the sensor not sure about that so in any case um this is black magic stepping onto red's territory and now i don't see many compelling cases for red to be honest okay so what other advantages of going for black magic rather than um, red in this in this particular scenario well obviously besides the price which is which is just insane it, it, i'm st i still i still cannot understand how they can create the product that they created for just 10k it means this is just shows like how much actually red is overcharging you just because they were like big dog on the market right but right now even like even cameras like kinefinity which was sort of a great uh, alternative to red well good alternative because i've heard that their menus and kind of reliability and usability is a little bit a little bit can be a little bit junky um but even they right now is kind of in danger because i think their cameras the kinefinity marvel lineup i'm pretty sure they were in a in a range of ten thousand dollars or so maybe a bit less but now you're getting you're getting way kind of higher specs at this price from a pretty reputable company at this point uh, Blackmagic and Blackmagic has Resolve also and they have B-Raw codec which is extremely such a beautiful codec a raw codec right that you kind of if you're like if you're searching for a camera in like 10k range and you don't need autofocus so you're not going for for a Canon camera or something like Sony FX9 there is absolutely no incentive to buy any other camera right now as long as you don't need like full frame sensor, for example, for some maybe like low lights or whatever. If you're going for like around Super 35 type sensor, a bit bigger, a bit smaller, around 10k, 15k, there is no question. You should just go for Blackmagic 
or Semini Pro 12K. So now let's talk about other little advantages of going for Blackmagic. Okay, so I don't know what they've done, Blackmagic, but they've improved their uh, Blackmagic RAW codec as well. If we compare Orsa Mini Pro 12K, 6K recording option and 6K recording data rates with Pocket Cinema Camera 6K. And if we compare those two, again, it's not Apple's tables because 6K on Orsa is cropped and uh, on Pocket Cinema it's obviously like a full frame. Not full frame, full sensor. It's super fast sensor too. So on Ursa, 6K at 8 to 1 compression is 91 megabytes per second. On Pocket, 6K at 8 to 1 compression is 121 megabytes per second. So this is 30% smaller files at similar resolution and bit rates and compression. I don't know how they've done this it's probably due to this new bear or just in general sensor array that they've said that they're using equal amount of red green and blue pixels it's probably because of that not an engineer i would i would love i would absolutely love for black magic engineer to like properly in super nitty-gritty very like geeky details explain how exactly they've achieved it but this is mind-blowing also, what's interesting, Blackmagic does not include B-RAW 3 to 1 compression anymore uh, in their 12K camera. And I'm wondering why, because either they, either they improve their algorithms and their codec so much that they think 5 to 1 and 3 to 1, there's no noticeable difference whatsoever, but there's, you know, lower data rates and whatnot, or something else. I'm just interested. And now... They've added, if previously they had Q0 and Q5, now they have Q1 and Q3 in addition. So they've kind of switched it a little bit, which is also interesting. Apparently, they're confident that they've improved B-Raw codec, at least in that particular camera, so much that they don't need 3 to 1 compression, everything will be great, but at lower data rates. Which is really interesting, really interesting. And now, now they've added, now they've added... 18 to 1 compression would be really interesting to see how much 18 to 1 compression differs from let's say 8 to 1 what else what else blackmagic is doing absolutely amazing and this is i'm pretty sure this is again this is like a just a stone thrown at the at the red this is i'm pretty sure it's confirmed by this point so they've selling this um they're selling this additional accessory for ssd ssd uh, basically slot that you can well SSD tray that you can mount at the back of the camera and then record onto SSDs this is in addition in addition to just recording directly to like USB-C uh, external drives you can mount like a cubby and you know then you can mount your back plate v-mount plate whatever so those SSDs it takes um, something interesting to me I didn't know that this format exists U.2 NVMe SSDs and um most of the people, if they know anything about like computers, uh, they've probably seen just normal SSDs, 2.5 millimeters, and maybe now they know about NVMe M.2 SSDs that like those like thin cards, small cards, um, that usually mount on the, on the motherboard of the computer. And uh, there is apparently another standard U.2 NVMe that kind of looks like regular 2.5 SSDs, but it's not actually that. And I was slightly disappointed 
the Dave went that route. Apparently it's for Enterprise SSDs, it has some additional pins. If it's an Enterprise SSD, it means that it's gonna be like probably like two times more expensive than a regular consumer product. With, I don't know if there's any benefits to be honest. Probably there are some. Uh, maybe there's like better, I don't know, like ability to recover files if something happens. I don't know. However, what is nice, and <laughs> this is <laughs> this is just crazy, that Grant Perry, the CEO of the company and the presenter in the video that you might see on um, on YouTube, he actually just just straight up said that you can buy adapter to adapt NVMe those like thin thin SSDs, right? That that mount on the motherboard. You can buy an adapter and then put this adapter into our uh, mini recorder, as they call it. So he's like, he's not unlike Red. He's not trying to upsell you in huge, huge, crazy amount on SSDs, which Red is doing with their mag red or whatever it's called, red mags. They, the CEO of the company is saying, hey, we've went with this solution. And if you really want to, like we recommend basically to use U.2 NVMe Enterprise SSDs. But if you really want, you can buy a cheap adapter, put your uh, crazy fast Samsung, you know, Evo or whatever, Samsung Pro 970 or something like that. You'll be good to go. Think about that. Think about how amazing the company is. I swear, Blackmagic is. This is probably right now in a technological market. This is one of the best companies, hands down. What they're doing, like how they're pushing the technology and how user-friendly they are at the same time. And not even user-friendly, but also um, like enthusiast-friendly. Because they're just telling you, like probably for most of the people and for most productions, right? You're just going to buy enterprise SSDs that are more expensive. You're just going to eat that cost and everything's fine. But, but if you know what you're doing, you can buy this little adapter. And I just checked like on... AliExpress, those adapters go for like 10 bucks to adapt um, regular NVMe M.2 SSD in those form factors 2280, 2260. I'm sure if you know what I'm talking about, you can Google it quickly uh, to this U.2 standard. It's just 10 bucks on, on AliExpress or on Amazon. It's already like in some metal kind of caddy. It's $30 or maybe $40 which is not much at all. If you don't want to invest into crazy expensive enterprise SSDs, you can just buy this little adapter and then you can use inside of that uh, Ursa mini recorder, you can just use your crazy fast NVMe SSDs that are right now pretty inexpensive actually compared to uh, fast read-write speeds and uh, the volume. One terabyte, two terabytes you can buy right now for less than uh, $200 already, which is great. And Blackmagic does not limit you. They're not upselling you uh, red mags for freaking, I don't know, $500 for 200 gigabytes of a card or stupid shit like that. They don't do that. This is, this is brilliant. This is beautiful. This camera is almost too good to be true. One thing I've noticed when I was messing uh, with files is that... Um, because you can download like free free clips from Blackmagic uh, website, is that apparently this camera only has one ISO range. It's not a dual um, architecture, dual gain architecture, dual ISO architecture. It it said, at least it showed up as uh, 
320 maximum ISO, 3200 maximum ISO, down to 125. Um, and actually, Blackmagic does not specify on their website their ISO of the camera, the ISO range, or the only thing that they've said is the camera has 800 native ISO. So there's that, like, this is the only probably, the only, like, little downside maybe is that it will not go, um, it will not basically behave well in, in like, low light situations or kind of, yeah, dusk situation, those kind of times. Also, one more thing that I did not mention compared to RED once again, or actually compared to, yeah, even companies like uh, Kinefinity, uh, this camera has built-in ND filters with two, four, and six um, stop NDs with infrared reduction as well, IR ND filters. I mean, it would be cool to see something like variable ND, like in Sony FX9, where you can like very, very gradually change the exposure, because I think it's some... I don't know, to me it looks like some sort of uh, magic trick or something, but probably it applies like some, either circular polarizer inside of it, or maybe it's um, electric, because I've seen those uh, NT filters that use electricity to sort of gradually um, darken or lighten the image. So I guess, I'm not sure what, what kind of technology Sony is using, but it would be really nice to have like that kind of thing. But Sony, I think it's like the only camera who does this right now at the moment. So this is just insanely good value. This is insanely good value for money. Two XLR ports, so you don't have to worry about uh, recording externally, for example. If it's like an interview sort of setup or something like that. Uh, it can record on two CFast 2.0 cards. It has two SD UHS-2 cards. It has obviously this uh, USB-C 3.1 Gen 2, which means that it is up to 10 gigabits per second. Because actually, this thing I I don't like about uh, I didn't like about Pocket uh, 6K because I think somebody made a review and because they had USB C 3.1 Gen 1, I guess, so basically the one that goes up to 5 gigabits per second on Cinema Camera 6K Pocket Cinema Camera 6K, sometimes it would drop frames because the USB apparently. Uh, would would saturate would be saturated, uh, so here they went up a notch, and now the camera can record up to 10 gigabits per second USB, which is good. They could have they could have gone even higher, up to 20. I think the next one, two by two, I think whatever USB is called now, it's such a big mess with the naming schemes. It's freaking insane. In any case, now it's 10 gigabits per second, which is like roughly one gigabyte per second, which is enough when you're using this B-Raw codec, right? Um, so there's that. Something to notice and to make sure. I haven't seen and Blackmagic did not mention, but apparently they're dropping ProRes in this camera. So if you wanted to, to just shoot ProRes, apparently this camera does not do ProRes anymore. Which is interesting, and I do not know if it's something that is like coming in the future, or if they just eliminated ProRes because they know how well they can and how much they can deliver with B-Roll codec, and they're not feeling like supporting ProRes anymore. Because I, I couldn't find any mention and in supported codecs on their page, um, in the tech specs of this camera, it's only Blackmagic Raw. Which is interesting, just something to note. And uh, yeah, if you're not willing to deal with their very good codec, but like if you're editing in Final Cut Pro, for example, that, that is something to consider. 
yeah what else just there's just overall great camera like what else what else can i say it's it's just really good value for money this is probably right now on the market this is probably the best camera the best value camera let's put it that way um in any case i hope you enjoyed this episode i hope you enjoyed our kind of in more in-depth discussion about canon and black magic about cameras in general if you liked this episode please uh rate this uh, show leave a thumbs up if you're watching it on youtube leave a comment as well please subscribe to the podcast subscribe to the channel on youtube it's fright tv and until uh, the next time take care of yourselves bye bye